Welcome back, guys, and thank you for tuning in to A Playmaker's View. I'm your host, Jamie Burdish. Today's episode is the first official episode of my brand new podcast, A Playmaker's View. Within this episode, my friends and I will discuss the college football playoffs, providing our predictions, what we are looking forward to, and who we think will be this year's national champion. We will also discuss the Heisman race and give our thoughts on who we think is well-deserving of this year's title. Along with the college football talk, we will also discuss the latest offseason moves and what we hope to see in this year's MLB offseason. After listening to today's episode, please feel free to comment with your predictions on the bowl games, who you think will be crowned national champion, your choice for the Heisman, as well as your thoughts on the recent offseason moves within baseball. With that being said, I would like to welcome my good friends Nick and Spencer onto the podcast. Nick, Spencer, and I have grown up playing, watching, and discussing sports. We are constantly on the phone discussing the latest moves and biggest news around sports. I think you all will enjoy their view on sports as they are as huge sports fanatics as I am. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get this thing started. Thanks for having us on, Jamie. It uh, means a lot. I know I've been on a couple podcasts before, but to know that you're starting up your own, it's really good, and I'm proud of you. Uh, just a little bit about myself. I'm Spencer Goldberg, a sophomore, go to Lindenwood University. Uh, I really grew up playing all kinds of sports. Uh, baseball, basketball were my two prominent sports that I really were involved in from pretty much preschool all, th- all the way throughout high school. Uh, my favorite teams, uh, I was born in Atlanta, but I pretty much, I would say I grew up in St. Louis. Uh, my favorite teams, Cardinals, Blues, uh, for college football, like Mizzou and Alabama. Uh, in the NBA, I'm a huge Portland Trailblazers guy. Dame Dollar and CJ, those are my boys, day ones. That's pretty much it. All right, Nick, what about you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jamie. Um I'm Nick Nelson. I'm a sophomore at Mizzou. Uh, kind of the same as Spencer. I grew up playing a lot of different sports throughout throughout my life. Uh, mainly a baseball guy, but I'm a big fan of all other sports. Uh, like Spencer, I'm a big Cardinals, Blues fan, Mizzou football. Uh, in terms of football, you know, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I'm a big o- Oklahoma City Thunder fan. So excited to have, excited to be on. Thank you, Jamie. All right, awesome. So let's jump right into the semifinal games. We got the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, the Peach Bowl is on the 28th at 4 p.m., Oklahoma versus LSU. First, you guys like those selections, the rankings-wise? I know, Spencer, you're an Alabama fan, so how was that for you? You know, coming into it, I knew that Alabama, with their loss to Auburn in the Iron Bowl in the last week of the season, that they weren't going to get into the top four. But I do think that the committee got it right. Uh, LSU 100% deserves to be one, in my opinion. Uh, had a great strength of schedule, beat four top 15 teams throughout the season. Ohio State at two, Big Ten champions, you know, leading with Justin Fields and Chase Young on the defensive end, two great players. Clemson 13 0. You know, Clemson's one of those scary teams that no one's really talking about because. The ACC was not as prominent as it has been in the past few years. 
but they still got Trevor Lawrence at the helm at QB, and Dabo Sweeney is a great head coach and pretty much knows how to beat teams when they need to. And Oklahoma at number four, I mean, beat Baylor two weeks throughout the season, the last one to win the Big 12 championship, led by Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, a former Alabama guy being him, I love him. I'm rooting for him, but I just don't know if they can upset LSU in that title game. Yeah, I agree. I think the committee got it right. Um, I thought LSU was the clear number one all year. I didn't really agree that Ohio State even jumped them in the first place. I just seeing them beat uh, five different teams throughout the year when they were ranked in the top ten. I just think that was clearly the number one team. They have Joe Burrow at the top who is gonna is gonna kill it in the NFL. He's already killing it now. Um, you know, I just think he's really good. I mean, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Uh, I think I think Jalen Hurts will play well. I think they have the offensive firepower to keep up with LSU, but um, overall, I just think. Uh, Oklahoma just doesn't really have the defense to keep up with them that LSU has. I just think it's probably not going to be too close of a game. I think LSU is going to pull it out, probably cover at 12 and a half. All right. Yeah, and for me, it was the only thing that was stopping me from choosing LSU was the experience from Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma. But he doesn't really have, I guess in my opinion, he doesn't have the greatest uh, defensive uh, line that could beat LSU. That's kind of my opinion on things. And so you guys would agree that LSU is going to defeat Oklahoma? 100%, yeah. Okay. I mean, LSU has shown all season long that they're playing great SEC teams, and I don't see anyone stopping Joe Burrow. I mean, I personally will talk about it later, but he's my Heisman favorite right now, and he is for the entire nation as well. And Oklahoma just doesn't have that defense. I mean, it's better than last year. I don't see them getting killed as bad as they did last year against Alabama in the semifinal game. But LSU is just another powerhouse, man. I, I just, I'm excited to see this game finally get played. And on the other side of things, we have Clemson and Ohio State. Singing on there, you got Clemson or Ohio State. I know personally I have Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback. Um, also, Fields is great quarterback for Ohio State, but I think the experience that Trevor Lawrence has uh, that he had last year will put him on top of Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, this has been a tough game for me to pick just because both the teams are really good, um, but I kind of agree with Clemson there. Um, I just also think there is some injury concerns with Ohio State coming into this game. You know, Justin Fields really did not look as mobile as he had all year against Wisconsin, and I think that kind of hurt Ohio State in the first half. Um, and they also have the uh, defensive problem in the secondary. They have a lot of injuries going on there. Obviously, they have time off to kind of get healthy, but if those, if their two starting corners are still banged up, it's not going to look well for Ohio State. I don't know if it just seems like Burroughs, or Lawrence, excuse me, is going to just could have a field day against that secondary if they're all injured or, not, or banged up at least. I mean, it's going to be an exciting game. These are two highest um, – highest point differential teams in the nation. So I think it's going to be a good game, a lot of offense, but I just think Clemson's going to end up having a better defense, more healthy defense, ready to go. And I just think Dabo has these kids playing, feeling a little disrespected because nobody's really been talking about them this year. And I'll be the first to admit that 
early on in the year when they weren't playing very well. I was kind of down on them, but you can't disregard this team. I'm, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game yet in his career. He's still playing well. He might not be having the uh, spectacular season that we may have thought he would after his uh, historic season last year, but I still think he's there and he's going to be able to find a way to win the game. I think Clemson will probably pull it out in a close one. Yeah, and I, I'd like you guys said, I think it's definitely going to be two shootouts for these semifinal games. But looking forward to the national championship game, so for me, LSU and Clemson, you got LSU and Clemson as well, Nick, mm-hmm. and Spencer. Uh, so Ohio I actually State. have LSU and Ohio State in my national championship game. But um, I won't talk too much about it. Uh, just briefly, I mean, strength of schedule-wise, I'm a big man when it comes to that. Clemson, they haven't played anyone as far as the caliber that Ohio State has. I mean, Ohio State beat Wisconsin twice, Penn State. I mean, those two teams coming out of the Big Ten, it's just been a so much better conference than the ACC as the entire season. Justin Fields, I know he's banged up a little bit. But the man, he has 40 touchdowns, third among Division One quarterbacks. I mean, when it comes down to it, J.K. Dobbins is going to run the ball. He's a great power back. And Justin Fields, he'll find his favorite target, Christian Olave. I mean, I personally think it'll be a close one, but I think Ohio State will be too powerful and come out on top. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Fields is a definite threat that Clemson will have to figure out on their preparation, but for me, my national champion is LSU. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think LSU is definitely the best team in the nation. I think when you look at the teams in college football right now, there's a clear top-tier teams, in terms, and those are LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, and after that, there's just a big drop-off. I mean, I think any of those three teams could win the title, but I just think LSU is the most complete football team out of the three. They got Joe Burrow. Uh, at the helm. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I do think he's the clear Heisman winner. I don't really see any way that he would lose the Heisman Heisman race at this point. Um, he's beaten so many good teams, so many good defenses. I mean, we saw him beat Texas early on in the year. Obviously, they didn't have as good of a season as people expected, but they were ranked in the top 10. We saw him beat Florida. We saw him beat Auburn. And, of course, we saw him march in to Alabama and win. Uh First time a team has won in Alabama in quite some time. And I mean, and I think the score was a little bit closer than the game suggested. I think LSU kind of dominated that game. And it was kind of be- mostly because of Joe Burrow. And I just think Joe Burrow is the difference maker there. I mean, I think it'll be a great matchup. Um, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't get much better than that. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think the key, if Clemson does, does have a shot, it's going to be Travis Etienne running the football. Because LSU's run defense hasn't been, hasn't been uh, as good as their secondary has been this year, and um, another key another key player is going to be the freshman Derek Singley, for LSU at the cornerback position. Had a rough game against Alabama, but um, he really stepped up against Georgia. Looked really good. He's been probably one of the best freshmen in the nation all year. But I just think all around LSU's a little bit better football team, and I think they're going to come out on top in a close game. Yeah, and I'd just like to add this one thing. I know, Spencer, you're an Alabama fan, but seeing four somewhat different teams in the college playoffs is exciting for college football fans. In my opinion, you know, Alabama's always a team that's winning it, but seeing LSU pursue in such a high level, I think it's good for the sport, especially. 
Yeah, I would 100% agree. I mean, when it comes down to it, I have a little bias when it comes to being an Alabama fan. But I'll tell you right now, I'm the first person to give 100% respect to LSU when it comes down to it because they are, in fact, the best team in college football this season and maybe one of the best teams we've seen in all of college football history. Now, I don't want to put that into the record books per se, but, I mean, when it comes down to it, they have Joe Burrow, who should, in my opinion, not only win the Heisman but be the number one overall pick. He won the Davey O'Brien Award, which is the MVP for college football. He was second in yards, second in QBR. I mean, this man, he is just unbelievable. And the way he picks apart defensive secondaries with options and audibles, I mean, I just don't see anyone stopping this LSU team. And they also have Clyde Edwards Elaire, you know, great running back. He is a guy that can go ground and pound and just punish the front line of every single team that they've played against this year. And I think that's why LSU is going to win the national championship. All right, so I think it's kind of clear that LSU is our national championship pick for this year. Let's get into a little bit of the Heisman watch. And, uh, Spencer, we'll start with you. Tell me, obviously, we've been hearing you're a big Joe Burrow guy, so tell us who you think is going to win this year's Heisman Award. Yeah, like you said, I'm a big Joe Burrow guy, and that's who I think is going to win the Heisman. He has done it throughout the season. He's led LSU to a 13-0 record, uh, won the SEC championship, won the Davey O'Brien Award, which is the MVP for college football. Uh, when it comes down to it, his opponents in the running for the Heisman, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, and Chase Young, they're good, but Joe Burrow is just on another level, man. He should be the number one overall pick, and I do believe he will win the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, I kind of already said it, but I don't really think there's any chance Joe Burrow doesn't win the Heisman. I mean, 48 touchdowns, first in the nation. I mean, nobody else is really even that close. Um, he is just killing it all facets of the game. He's throwing the ball well, accurately, throwing the deep ball. He's able to move around in the pocket, and I think that's what I really like to see out of him. When I can when you see him escape the pocket and run around and make plays, that it just shows that he's on another level from other quarterbacks. It's, it's he's just really fun to watch, and I'm really excited to see him play on Sundays too. I think he's going to be really good in the NFL once he gets there. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a number one overall draft pick in his near future. And the thing about Burroughs also is he's not only a great player, but he's a great teammate. He's led LSU to an undefeated season thus far, and in my opinion, he will win the national championship. So... To put it in a simple form, my prediction for the Heisman is Joe Burrow. Okay, so let's transition back into some of the bowl games. First, we have the Sugar Bowl. Georgia coming off not getting selected as a number four. Um, I have them beating Baylor. What do you guys think? I would 100% agree there. Uh, Georgia's got a great quarterback in Jake Fromm. Uh, a lot of experience when he was put in to the system as a freshman just a couple years ago. Uh, Baylor, you know, they were 11-2, and but two costly losses to Oklahoma throughout the season, and they just weren't on top in that top four to make the college football playoff. I do think it'll be a good game, close, but I got Georgia coming out on top. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with the uh, statement about Jake Fromm being a great quarterback. Um, I mean, he's been kind of depleted in his wide receiver core the past few weeks. Uh, losing Plager in the game against Mizzou is obviously big for them like throughout the rest of the season, but I just think against LSU, uh, they just looked very bad. I mean, and they're also dealing with an injury to DeAndre Swift. He only carried the ball two, three times in the game uh, due to his injury. Um, I think Georgia probably will find a way to come out on top, and unfortunately, when we get to bowl season, we have to deal with uh, kids sitting out. Um, you just love, like to see the games in its entirety with everybody playing, but you just got to respect these kids' decisions. But um, I think Jake Fromm does need to play in this game to improve his, improve his stock a little bit more. I think he's definitely falling behind some of the other guys in this draft class. Um, I think he needs to play and have a good game to try to regain some of his credibility, so I think he's going to end up playing. Um, but I think the biggest problem here for Baylor is their quarterback situation. They obviously went through three different quarterbacks in their game against Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, and um, you just don't really know what they're looking at. Um, starting quarterback out with a concussion, uh, you don't know if he's going to be ready. Obviously, he's got a lot of time, but I mean the backups looked okay, but just not as not what you want to see in a big game like this. Um, and I, but I think another thing for Baylor, I think they're kind of playing with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. You know, they've they started out the season nine and zero before losing to Oklahoma the first time, and that was a rough loss and another close game against Oklahoma in overtime. Obviously, I think. They kind of want to end this season out with a statement win. So, and this is one of the harder, harder bowl game picks for me. I, I think it could go either way, but um, I think in the end, uh, Georgia is going to find a way to get it done. All right. So, Georgia for all three of us. Let's move on to the Rose Bowl. It takes place in California. The number eight seed, Wisconsin, will take on number six, Oregon. Spencer, what are your thoughts? Uh, coming in, I really like the matchup. I mean, I knew with Oregon upsetting Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, they were going to get that Rose Bowl invite. And with Wisconsin losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, they were going to be the next best team out of the Big Ten to get that invite to the Rose Bowl. So coming in, I really like the matchup. Uh, I, I got Oregon in this game. Uh great quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think he'll be the second QB off the board behind Joe Burrow in this next draft. Uh, just a great passer and great awareness. And their running back, C.J. Vertle, I mean, last game, he just went off against Utah. And I think he'll continue that momentum into the Rose Bowl and beat Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm getting really excited for this one. Um, I do think Oregon's going to find a way to win. Um, I think I also think Herbert should play in this game. I think he's just the kind of guy that will want to play in this game. I don't even think he's going to even consider sitting out this game. I think he really wants to play in his final game of his college career. Um, I think Herbert's really talented. I kind of think um, Joe Burrow's kind of taking his spotlight a little bit. He kind of went into this year as kind of looking like he was going to be the number one quarterback off the board. Obviously, Joe Burrow's kind of passed him up. Uh, as of right now, but I still think Herbert's a very talented quarterback. I think he's going to do well. Um, you also don't know Jonathan Taylor's going to play, and he's kind of the key to the offense there in Wisconsin. He's led them all year. He's been pretty pretty much a lock to be the number one running back this year, I'd say. He's probably the best running back in the nation. Um, but 
even if he does play, you got Oregon who ranks uh, 10th in the nation in run D. And if they are able to shut down Jonathan Taylor, there's not going to be much more for that Wisconsin offense to work on. Uh, obviously, they show uh, Cone showed that he could throw the ball a little bit against Ohio State, but as I said earlier, that was kind of a little bit of a depleted secondary there, and Oregon's defense is really good. The run D is very good. Herbert up there, I think he's going to be able to find a way to pull it out, but I'm really excited for this game. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a great game, and I actually did have Wisconsin, but now that I'm hearing you guys talk about it, didn't know that Jonathan Taylor was is possibly injured. Uh, not injured, just might be sitting out for uh, just because he's going to the draft, doesn't want to get injured. Oh, okay, I got you. So, yeah, I'm going to switch my pick to Oregon just because Jonathan Taylor is such a big impact, and even if he does play, uh, like you said, Oregon has stopped the run pretty well. So my choice for the Rose Bowl is going to be Oregon. Uh, let's switch over to an ACC versus SEC matchup in Virginia versus Florida, which is the Orange Bowl. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty easy pick. Uh, I think Virginia's pretty good. They're the only other ranked team in the ACC coming off the loss to Clemson. Uh, they looked okay at times early on in the game, um, but I just think Florida is just is going to probably just beat them pretty good with the solid defense they've had. Um, they've played they've played much cal- better caliber opponents this year, and they've looked pretty good. And when they're on their high, they, they're tough to beat especially when they're playing well on defense. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty easy pick for me, though. Uh, I got Florida over Virginia. Same here. I mean, Florida, they just know how to get the job done. I mean, they did lose to their uh, SEC East rival, Georgia, uh, by seven earlier this season. But when it comes down to it, Virginia hasn't played anyone, and when they did, they got absolutely demolished by Clemson in the ACC championship game, and I was looking at it, their leading rusher is also their quarterback, so when it comes down to it, they can't really run the ball except for their QB rolling out of the pocket and doing that, and Florida's defensive line and secondary are just going to lock down the Cavaliers in Virginia, and it won't even be close. He's cool, though. Virginia's quarterback is sick. Yeah, I agree. Virginia's had a great season, and good for them for getting in such a big bowl game. But Florida, like you said, Spencer, they they just have so many things going well for them, and I am going to pick Florida in that matchup. Yeah, and I think uh, it's, been a, it's been a successful season for Virginia. They knocked off Virginia Tech for the first time to get to the ACC championship. I think they are riding on a little bit of a high right now, but uh, I just think... Florida is just going to be too much for him. All right, so that's pretty clear. Florida will be our choice for the Orange Bowl. Let's move on to the Cotton Bowl. We got number 17, Memphis, taking on number 10, Penn State. Nick, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, I think this is a game where we have a possibility of a little bit of an upset here. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I know a lot of people probably think Penn State's going to blow out Memphis, but uh, yeah, Brady White has been a little bit inconsistent all year. Uh, but when he's playing, when he plays well, Memphis Memphis succeeds. They they win games. They win by a big margin as well. Uh, obviously, Mike Norvell is uh, not coaching. He's leaving to Florida State. But I think that kind of gives uh, the kids from Memphis uh, a little bit of chip on their shoulder, uh, knowing that they're going to be they're going to be uh, doubted in this game. Nobody's really going to go for them. And you know, I think they play good defense. I just think. Uh, 
this is something in a big game for Memphis that they really haven't been in in a while that um, I think they got a shot to pull off the shocker. I could see Memphis doing that. I mean, like you said, they're 12-1 and on the year, and they have just had a great season offensive-wise. I mean, putting up 40.5 points per game. I mean, granted, the AAC is not a great defensive powerhouse division like the Big Ten, which Penn State is in, but... I do think the deciding factor will be that Mike Norvell will not be coaching them as he took the job before the bowl game to go to Florida State and coach their next season and the seasons coming, which is why I got Penn State winning the Cotton Bowl. I mean, Sean Clifford, he's a decent quarterback, you know, not the caliber of Justin Fields when it comes to Big Ten QBs, but I do think that they're going to get the job done, and with Norvell being out, Memphis just won't be all there mentally. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, Spencer. I think I'm going to have Penn State in this one. Nick, I like your idea of having an upset in such a big bowl game. But Penn State, their defense is super strong, only allowing 14 points per game. Like you said, Spencer, their offense really isn't their strong point. But if they can hold down the offense of Memphis, I think they'll be able to take this bowl. And like I said, a big bowl to have the Cotton Bowl, Memphis, That'd be a huge upset for them, but in this one, I'm going to pick Penn State. So we're going to move to the Outback Bowl per request of Nick Nelson. He really wanted to talk about this one. Not really sure why, but Nick, let's get started. Um, yeah, we got Auburn, Minnesota here. Um, Minnesota was one of the good stories of this season. Um, good stories this season early on. They marched all the way up into the top ten, uh, looking like they were going to maybe go on to face Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship before they lost to Penn State. And, you know, I was rooting for them. I like Minnesota. I think they I think they deserve – it's always nice to see a team come out that you weren't really expecting and play well. I think they got a good offense, but I just don't think they're, they're going to have enough for Auburn's defense, even if they do have some guys sitting out. I really think Bo Nix is going to be one of the next uh, great quarterbacks out of Auburn. Um, I think he's got all the tools, and he's just a freshman, and he's played really well this year and a very hard schedule that they've had to play in. Um, and, yeah, I just think Auburn, Auburn's defense and Bo Nix will be too much for Minnesota. I agree there. I mean, Auburn, their only three losses on the season came to number 10, Florida, number 2, LSU, and number 4, Georgia. And like I said earlier in this podcast, I'm a big guy on strength of schedule and Auburn's strength of schedule comes nowhere near to the amount of easy games that Minnesota has played this season. Now, I'm not hating on the Big Ten Conference, but the SEC just, they, they have great teams, and when they play each other, that shows because all the teams in the SEC have a higher strength of schedule than the Big Ten, and I mean, last week of the season when Auburn did beat Alabama. I tell you what, I, I was around you guys, and I, I said I knew Alabama was going to miss that kick, but I tell you what, Auburn really deserved that game, and Bo Nix, he's a great freshman quarterback, and he could be one of the best QBs in Auburn history for that matter, and that's why I got Auburn beating Minnesota. Yeah, I got Auburn as well, and one thing that sticks out to me 
that I am choosing Auburn. Strength and schedule, they only lost to LSU by three points. We talked about LSU being such a powerhouse. And for Auburn, Auburn to go in there and compete to that level and only losing by three is it's kind of hints at them being a great team. And even though they're only number 12, I think that they're definitely going to take it away from Minnesota in that game. That's the Outback Bowl, like I said. So I think we all agree on Auburn taking that one. Now let's switch to our last bowl game that we're going to cover, the Citrus Bowl. We got Michigan and Alabama. So I think, Spencer, you should be starting us off here. Yeah, so I it's not going to be a surprise to who I have in this game. Uh, I, I'm going to take Alabama, and I'll, I'll tell you what, there there is a bias there. But when it comes down to it, Michigan just does not have the caliber of players that Alabama does, even with Tua being hurt. Mac Jones is still a great quarterback in the sense that he reminds me a lot of the former white-collar quarterbacks that they had in Greg McElroy and John Parker Wilson back in this past decade. And when it comes down to it, Najee Harris is going to be the X factor in this game. He is a great running back, rushed for over 1,000 yards this entire season. And I just don't see Michigan having any sort of offense being displayed. Now, both teams, they are great defensively. Both have allowed less than 20 points per game. But I tell you what, don't be surprised if this will be John Harbaugh's last game as a head coach for Michigan. All right. Uh, I disagree uh, this being John Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. He has uh, really built this into a consistent program down there where he hasn't really been to a Big Ten championship game yet. I think he's well on the way. Um, I think that there is a pretty good chance here that Michigan could pull off a shocker. Um, I don't know how long it's been since Alabama has lost three games in a season, and it, and I'm not one to bet against Nick Saban, but uh, there's going to be a lot of guys, key guys, that will probably sit out of this game for Alabama, uh, namely Jerry Judy. I would, could, don't really see him playing in this football game considering he's going to be a top five, top three pick this year. Um, and I just think Michigan's defense uh, has what it takes to um, – Keep it a close game, and I just don't know if I'm ready to trust uh, Mac Jones in that offense. Um, with that defense, he didn't play great against a good Auburn defense. Um, what? I mean, I, he played decent. He put up 45 points. They he only threw three interceptions. Yeah, but when it comes two down... Two pick sixes. Yeah, when it comes down to it, one of those pick sixes did go off of Harris's back, and if he wanted to touch it, that wouldn't have been a pick six. Uh, the, I'm not going to go into it at the last play of the first half, but the refs made a mistake. Uh, Alabama should have ended the half there, and Auburn should not have had a chance to kick that field goal, which, I mean, sadly, Alabama did lose by three, which is the exact amount of points a field goal is worth. So that game would have gone into overtime, but, you know, Mac Jones is ready for the spotlight, man. And Tua, you know, great guy. I wish him the best speedy recovery, but he's not playing in this game. It's Mac Jones's time, and it is Alabama's time to back him up and win this football game. I just think that, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier, Harbaugh doesn't really have that big win under his belt yet at Michigan. 
And I think this is as good a time as any to get a win over another signature program, especially over a guy like Saban in Alabama. And I just think they're going to be able to keep it close with their solid defense. And I just don't know if Alabama is going to be the same with a bunch of guys sitting out on both sides of the football. So I'm going to take Michigan here. I think uh, I think they got a pretty good shot to pull this one off. Wow. All right. Well, first of all, like you guys said, this is, like, coaching-wise, it's such a big matchup. And we got injuries for Alabama, which is a huge factor. Of course, you got Tua out. And he's he literally, in my opinion, he was the man for that team. And uh, I think that, with him being out, they will have some struggles, but with their history and bowl games and big games, I think that Saban and Alabama will come up on top. Michigan's a great team, uh, and I would love to see Michigan win because that'd be great for their program, like you said, Nick, to beat such a good team like Alabama. These two programs are very good and successful, but at the end of the day, I think I'm going to choose Alabama in this one. hate to say it, but uh, I'm with you on this one, Spencer. Just one more key thing, another player to watch out for, Jalen Waddle. He did win the Special Teams Player of the Year. I would not be surprised if he has at least one kickoff or punt return for a touchdown in this game. All right, well, that's a good thought. Uh, be looking out for Waddle in this, uh, what is it, the Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m. on the first day of 2020. So that's going to wrap it up for our football talk, college football, we discussed bowl game predictions and things like that. Let's take a switch to MLB. We've had some big moves already in the MLB offseason. Uh, do you guys want to get us started off with the free agent signings or? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not looking into MLB as much right now as it is the season for NBA. And like I said before, at the beginning of this podcast, I'm a huge Trailblazers guy, so I've been watching a lot of that. Uh, but I do like the signing. Garrett Cole going to the New York Yankees. I mean, he will have to deal with, you know, the beard shaving and all that and the, the little hair chop, but I don't think it'll really matter because the amount of money that that man is getting from Brian Cashman and the front office in the New York Yankees is just an ungodly amount of money that I don't think anyone could have passed up on. Uh and Rendon going to the Angels. Uh, I got to be honest, I did not see that one coming. I don't know about you guys, but it's a, it's a good pickup for him. Uh, when they got Otani coming back uh, fully healthy uh, at DH, and then you can have Trout and Rendon in there, that, that's a huge big three for that offense. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're playing for their buddy Tyler Skaggs, who passed away, sadly, last season. But... I think the Angels could be a sneaky team in the American League next season. Yeah, before we get into the sneaky teams and things of like that, I want to discuss Cole's contract. Uh, do you guys think that for the Yankees and for Cole, was it a good contract? Was it too much? What do you guys think about the contract? Um, well, I, I thought the contract was very heavy. I mean, of course, the Yankees are going to have the money to pay him. Um, I think it was a deserved contract. He's been pitching out of his mind. Uh, these past two seasons with the Astros. And, um, I mean, I, I'm i not too worried about this being a bad contract for the Yankees. I think Cole will be his dominant self for 
at least the next five to six seasons. Uh, I think it's going to be very good. I think it's a very good pickup for them and a rotation that already had uh, Luis Severino, who is going to be looking to rebound, um, Mashiro Tanaka, who had a great year last year, and people are kind of. I feel like people are kind of forgetting about James Paxton in that rotation. That is going to be a deadly rotation uh, over there in New York. Uh, my thing for the Yankees is um, obviously they have Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres, and um, Gary Sanchez in the offense. But I think Giancarlo Stanton has uh, made himself a big question mark with the injuries that he ha- that he was uh, dealing with last year. Uh, obviously, they're under that huge contract. They're going to need him to stay on the field. Um, they're going to need him to stay on the field to produce in that offense. But I think, on paper, the Yankees look like a top two, probably the best team in the AL for next year. Let's not forget about Luke Voigt, please. Oh, we can't forget about Luke Voigt. Yeah, we can't forget about him. SPL product. Yes, sir. All right, so what about uh, Strasburg's big contract? You guys think oh, yeah. he was going to re-sign? Uh, yeah, I know the Angels Angels were in on him as well as the Dodgers. Um, but I think this is huge for the Nationals to bring him back. You know, they the Nationals kind of knew that they were either going to get if they were going to get the one of those guys, it was going to be one or the other. They kind of knew that going in, I feel like, and they chose their guy Strasburg. They stayed stayed going pitching heavily, which is what won them won them this year's World Series more so than their offense. Obviously, Rendon was a big part of their championship year this year, but I think um, I think the Nationals what they need to do going forward. Um, I think they need to go hard for Josh Donaldson. I think he proved himself last year with the Braves. I think he could slot right back in and fill in the hole that Rendon's going to leave. I think similar skill set, good defender at third base, good hitter, power, all that will drive in a bunch of runs for him. I think they get him and slot him in there. It'll help offset that loss of Rendon pretty well. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that, that would be a great pickup for the Nationals in the sense of, inserting a veteran guy, a former MVP while he was in Toronto, in Josh Donaldson. And he was a great player last year for the Braves. Now, the Braves did not get the job done in the playoffs. Uh, I am a Cardinals fan, so I was happy about that. And they just couldn't do it when they needed him most. But Donaldson, if he goes to the Nationals around in that lineup with Trey Turner and Juan Soto and those guys at possibly the two three four or three four five hole, uh, it would be a great acquisition for him. Yeah, they're returning a lot of good guys and good bats in that lineup. And speaking of returning guys, St. Louis, Ozuna, what do you guys think about that? We're hearing talks about the White Sox, the Reds. Do you guys think that will the Cardinals continue to have their lazy off seasons, or will they sign Ozuna or anyone else for that matter? Um. From what I, how I see it, it doesn't really look like at this point the Cardinals are really too serious about bringing Marcelo Zuna back. Um, that's something that I, going into this offseason, that I kind of thought was going to happen. Uh, but it, it's really not looking like Ozuna has a big um, market for him out there right now. Uh, I mean, he'd be nice. I think he'd be good on the White Sox. I just, I would hate to see, I would hate to see the Cardinals uh, let him walk into a division rival in a team that is getting better and better in the Cincinnati Reds. I think they could be a sneaky good team next year, whether they get Ozuna or not. Uh, But it seems like the Cardinals uh, right now are shifting their focus to pitching and 
And the offense, what I'm seeing, is looking like they're wanting some left-handed hitting outfielders. Uh, Joey Gallo's name has been thrown around in there. That would be an addition that would be really nice for the Cardinals' offense. He would have probably been the second-best offensive player on the Cardinals last year had he been on the team then. Um, and on the pitching side, um, I'm hearing Mad Bum's name, and I just don't think that would be good for the Cardinals. He's looking for five years. I don't think you want to have Mad Bum around for five years. Love the guy. Great postseason experience. He's a winner, but he's already starting a decline last year, and I just don't want to see that be another bad contract on the Cardinals' payroll. A guy that I wouldn't mind would be uh, Ryu from the Dodgers. Two fantastic seasons in a row. Last year, sub-two ERA. I think that's a nice lefty lefty pitcher that the Cardinals really need in their rotation. I would love to see them bring him on. With the Cardinals, I mean, we all know it, being Cardinals fans as we are, they've never really had that big lefty bat in their lineup that we need. And from what I'm hearing, uh, free agent center fielder Shogo Ikeyama from Japan, he is a big name that the Cardinals are looking at right now. Uh, he is a little bit older, 31 years old, coming off a successful season in Japan's Nippon Professional Baseball League. But I don't know if he can have that produce like we did when we found Miles Michaelis back in Japan and bringing him back to the MLB. I mean, Akiyama's never been in the major league uh, system, but everything that I've heard about him, I would love to you know, get that lefty outfield bat that we need, and I think we can do it at a cheap price with uh, Akiyama. Yeah, the Cardinals always seem to make those kind of low-key moves, and I've actually never even heard of, what is it, Akiyama? Shogo Akiyama. Interesting. Yeah, so... But if we do pick him up, there's questions that leave. You know, what are we going to do with Bader? What are we going to do with O'Neal? And all these kind of things. But those guys are also people that we can use in trades. So what do you guys think about that? You know, using those kind of players in trades or any other trades that you guys are looking forward to or have listened to rumors about? Uh, so, yeah, obviously we've already talked about Joey Gallo a little bit. Um, I'm not too sure that the Rangers would want to move Joey Gallo. So I've kind of kind of brushed that one off. Uh, one name that's been floating around that I would absolutely love is um, Francisco Lindor. He is uh, supposedly possibly being shot by the Indians. Um, I don't know if they're ready to trade him yet. I do see them trading him eventually sometime in the next two seasons before he becomes a free agent uh, because I just don't know if the Indians will have the money to pay him and they would hate to see a player like that leave their franchise for nothing. I think Francisco Lindor would be a perfect fit uh, on the Cardinals. Um, I, if Whether it gets done this year, next year, or this year at the deadline, whenever, I think he is a perfect guy. But uh, another move that I think the Cardinals could explore that would help uh, not only their pitching, the, the pitching needs that they want, and the outfield bat that they want, is they could explore the possibility of trading for David Price uh, from the Boston Red Sox. I've heard that being floated around a little bit. Obviously, uh, in a down year last year, uh, dealt with has been dealing with a few injuries the past few seasons. Um, I think he's a great bounce-back candidate, a lot of money owed, and I think um, one way the uh, Red Sox could offset uh, that money owed is by adding uh, Andrew Benatendi to that deal. Uh, that's something that I think 
that is just one move the Cardinals can make, and it gives them their lefty guy they need in their rotation and that lefty bat in the outfield. Andrew Benatendi is still a very young player, still had a productive year last year, not as productive as the year before, but I think he's still a young guy, could still grow into being that 280 guy hitting 20 to 25 home runs for you. And if the Cardinals want a lefty bat in the outfield, I don't think there's a much better guy they could trade for. That trade also opens up the question about who we're going to trade for those people. But aside from that, Spencer, what are your thoughts on some trades that we could see or that you would like to see here in the near future? Well, I tell you what, that one with that Nick just brought up, uh, Price and possibly adding Andrew Benatendi to it, I personally love it. I mean, they owe Price a lot of money, the Red Sox being they, and I mean, he just didn't have that year that they were expecting from him last season, and Andrew Benatendi to add him in, that would be a great lefty acquisition for the Cardinals, put him in that outfield, now we would have to probably give up one of our outfield guys, whether that being Badier or Edmund, but I tell you what, I know this doesn't really pertain to baseball, but I know Andrew Benatendi is a St. Louis Blues fan, and he is from the Midwest, and there would be nothing more that he would love to come back to the Midwest. I know he went to the University of Arkansas, almost won a College World Series there, and coming back to the Midwest, if the Cardinals can somehow bring Benatendi in a deal with Price, I would love it. Yeah, I agree, but then again, we are the Cardinals, and we don't see very many moves like that. So I think that's kind of really it. Do you guys have any other additional notes about the football playoffs, bowl games, or you know the offseason? I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, you were listening to A Playmaker's View. Again, it was Spencer Goldberg and Nick Nelson who joined me on the podcast. Thank you guys again so much. And like I said earlier in the podcast, please feel free to comment with your predictions or thoughts on the MLB offseason. I look forward to hearing those comments and also providing you guys with some more episodes.